Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by Daryl Reed. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Good morning. It's a good day. All right. Well, as John mentioned, six months. Now you need to pray and fast for me that I'll be able to bring everyone that wasn't here for the last six months up to speed in about 10 minutes. (laughs) Miracles are possible, right? (laughs) All right. Well, we're on about the gift of prophecy, and I love the, the prophetic painting that Trish did for us this morning about passing on the baton. And, uh, that's what's happening, is, is there's, a, there's a, a gift that's being released to us from the Lord, but there's also a momentum in the room for us to receive this gift, to operate in this gift, and to accelerate forward in the gift. So this is, this is biblical. We're going to go through a whole bunch of Scripture really quickly, and then we're going to get practical. You guys good with that? All right, we'll have them on the screens. We're going to start here in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 10 to 11. This is a, a couple of verses about King Saul. He's not a prophet. This is the Old Testament. And so in the Old Testament, God would speak to the prophets, and the prophets would then convey the Lord's message on behalf of the people. We're now all uh, a royal priesthood, and now we all get to hear from the Lord. We all get to, to share what he's saying. But the context here is only the prophets were hearing really from the Lord, and Saul's not a prophet. Let's read here in 1 Samuel 10, verse 10. It says, When he and his servant arrived at Gilbeah, a procession of prophets met him, him is Saul. The Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, upon Saul, and he joined in their prophesying. When all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying, this is seeing Saul prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, What is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? So what happened was, was Saul, who didn't normally prophesy, comes under the anointing of the group of prophets, and their anointing comes upon him, and now he all of a sudden finds himself prophesying. That bystanders look at him like, but he's not a prophet, how come he's prophesying now? Like, is he part of the prophets? What's going on? Why am I sharing this? What happens sometimes in uh, the realm of the, the Spirit is that there's an anointing for a particular gift, there's a grace for that gift to operate in a more profound way. That's what happened with Saul of He came under the anointing of the prophets, and that anointing came upon him that he was then able to prophesy as well. And so that baton, we have a momentum within us as a, a group of churches. Uh, John's dad, uh, mom, Jean over here, they pioneered a way for us to operate in the prophetic in a powerful and profound way. And so they've opened up something for us that we get to enter in more easily because of those that have gone before us. And so that's the, the baton being passed on. We have this, this advantage, so to speak, in that there's an anointing because you're part of this company of people, because we're a prophetic people, and so we're able to prophesy, we're able to uh, receive the gift of prophecy, operate in the gift of prophecy, and do it in a, in a profound way and to grow in it in an accelerated manner because of the anointing of those that have gone before us. So aren't you glad you're in the right place? Aren't you so glad that we get to honor those that have gone before us and receive the things that they've opened up that we might now easily enter in? And so we are a prophetic people. And just the same as what happened with Saul, he was able to prophesy just like that. The same thing's going to happen this morning. If you've never prophesied before, this morning you're going to prophesy because you're coming under a grace in this environment that is going to become your own grace that you'll be able to then do this by yourself. So... God wants you to be a prophetic person. We see this uh, in the promise of the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. Let me read for us. It says, And afterward I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. It's not my prophesy, not maybe prophesy. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. This is a promise that we will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Come on, tell the person next to you, these are those days. You will prophesy. Tell the person on the other side, you will prophesy. See, God had a dream. 
for his people, that we would all prophesy, not just the prophets in the old covenant, but that we would all prophesy that when he pours out his spirit upon all flesh, all flesh will prophesy. And that day is now. God has poured out his spirit upon his people and uh, we're living in the new covenant. And so we all have the ability, the privilege that we get to prophesy. So let's, let's jump into the New Testament now, and we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures that just uh, clearly and plainly mark out what this gift is about and how we should go about operating in this gift. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. That's pretty plain and clear right there. You don't need much interpretation. Don't be uninformed about the gifts. We need to be informed about the gifts. We need to be educated about the gifts. We need to understand the gifts. We need to have information and knowledge about the gifts. Don't be uninformed. Be informed. It carries on in verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So the first thing you need to know is don't be uninformed about the gifts. The second thing is to realize that the gifts are for the common good. And so that means that the gift is not for you, it's not for your sake, it's not about you. No, the the reason you have a gift is for the common good. That means that God wants to put a gift upon you because of the person sitting next to you and because of the person sitting in front of you and behind you and the person living next door to you and the person sitting in the office cubicle next door to you. You see, the gift is for the common good and so you're gifted not for your sake, you're gifted for everyone else's sake. And so when we take the gift of the Lord and we, we hide it within, well, we're being selfish because the gift is not about you. The gift is about being a blessing to everyone around you. And that's why we're gifted. It's for the common good. We then see 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Are you guys ready? We've covered about two months already. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So we're to not be uninformed. We need to understand that the gift is for the common good. And then we're to eagerly desire. That means we've got to do something. If you're eagerly desiring something, it means you need to posture yourself in a way that you are desiring, you're longing, you're pursuing, you're going after, you're desiring, you're wanting this gift in your life. It's not that you're just sitting back waiting that, okay, well, God, if you want to speak to me, then you'll take over my facilities, and next thing I'll find myself saying words that I had no intention of saying, because, God, if you want to do it, you'll do it. No, if you wanted to do that, then he'd use a donkey. He, he wants to use us, and he wants us to eagerly desire and pursue the gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. That means there's a responsibility upon us to do something as we eagerly desire and pursue the gift of prophecy. We then see two verses later, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. We get some instruction on what we are supposed to do with this gift. And the scripture maps it out so plainly and clearly for us again over here. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, for their encouraging, and for their comfort. So when we're prophesying, that's what we're doing is we're strengthening one another. We're comforting one another. We're encouraging one another. If we're not doing that, well, then, then we're, we're not in alignment with the gift of prophecy and what we're called to do and the, the guidelines that the Scriptures give us. Strengthen, encourage, comfort. And so that's the playing field that the Scriptures give us, that it is a safe space, and that's the direction that it gives us. As John so beautifully covered over the last weeks, it's not to manipulate, it's not to do any of those things, it's not to uh, puff yourself up. It's about the common good. And it's about strengthening, encouraging. It's about comfort. We then see as we carry on in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 37 to verse 39. Read this with me. If anyone thinks he is a prophet, is there anyone here that thinks that they are a prophet? We're going to cover office of a prophet later on. Okay. Well, then you're disqualified from this verse. Let's carry on. All spiritual. Okay, wait, pause. Is there anyone in here that thinks that they are spiritual? If you follow Jesus, you are spiritual. Sorry, you were disqualified. You just got qualified. This means it's for us. You now need to pay attention again. Here we go. So if anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord. 
What's going on over here? This is Paul finishing his thoughts as he's covered 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. These, these chapters kind of clump together, and he's covering the gifts, and he's talking a lot about prophecy, about uh, speaking in tongues. As he's now bringing all of this to a close, he says, I'm writing, uh, the things I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not for- forbid speaking in tongues. You see, I think we've, we've, we've seen prophecy as an optional choice. We've seen it as a, oh, if I feel like it, or maybe God will just make it happen in my life. But I think when we look at the Scripture, we're actually seeing that prophecy is a command. Uh, we, don't, we don't really have a say. This is a command of the Lord that we will prophesy and that we will eagerly desire, that we will not be uninformed, that we will pursue, and that we will strengthen and courage and comfort. Um, and as we do that, there's a blessing that comes upon us. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. Some of our brothers earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Um, we're seeing there the second time that we're instructed to earnestly desire to prophesy. And so we've got to do something with this. We've got to be intentional about it. We then see Paul writes to the Philippians. And we see Philippians chapter 4 verse 9. It says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You see, we receive something and we know how to take it and we need to put it into practice. And we, we understand this when it comes to natural things, you know, when it comes to being good at sport, if you want to become an endurance athlete. I saw yesterday the Tour de France started, you know, maybe I should just ring up one of the teams, see if they've got an opening and just be like, hey, you know, I used to cycle, can I come and join you guys? I mean, the Alps will be beautiful, Pyrenees, I think, I think I'll enjoy it. Uh, no, I won't last more than two minutes because I haven't practiced, I haven't trained. See, we understand in the natural, but in the spiritual realm, for some reason, we, we think it's either just we, we get it or we don't get it. No, we're instructed to practice the things that we've observed. We see again in 1 Timothy 4, verse 14 to 15, it says, Do not neglect your gift. See, sometimes I think we get a gift and we neglect it. Let's use, let's use another sports analogy. If someone gifted me a set of golf clubs and I left them in my garage for six, six years, never touched them, and then go all of a sudden one day to go play golf, uh, if anyone has played golf before, you will know it's not going to be a good day out for me. It's going to be a very bad day out for me because I've neglected the gift. I've let it lying idly over there. I haven't put it to practice. I've neglected it. No, we receive gifts and we need to not neglect them. We need to be intentional about practicing them and putting them to good use. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. You see, when it comes to the gifts, we're, we're supposed to practice them and that everyone will see our progress. It's like they're markers. We're supposed to see one another growing and maturing in the gifts as we give ourselves wholly, fully, completely to the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. We then see 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. You have a gift. We're instructed not to neglect it. We're instructed that we are to fan it into flame. That means we're supposed to uh, work with it and intentionally uh, engage with it, that we will take it and mature it, that it will become a passion in our lives. You know, if I, if I take my golf clubs and I go play golf every single day with that gift that I received, that, that game of golf is going to become a, a stronger and stronger passion because I'm engaging with it. I'm fanning it into flame. You have a gift of prophecy, and if you leave it in your garage, it's just going to sit there and have, be no good to anyone when it's supposed to be good for the common good. But when you take that gift, when you earnestly desire it, when you seek it, when you put it into practice, and when you then fan it into flame, you then start to create a passion around that gift and for the Lord to use you powerfully in and through that gift. So we are going to prophesy shortly, but I know some of you are sitting here and you probably think, but I don't have the gift of prophecy. 
And I want to tell you that you do. Because as we read right at the beginning, Holy Spirit's poured out upon us. You will prophesy. We're living in those days. These are those days. It also then says over here in these two last chapters I read in Timothy that you will receive a gift through the laying on of hands as the elders uh, prophesy, lay hands on you. Well, John and I have laid hands on you guys over the years, whether it's been a fire tunnel, whether it be a greeting, we've laid hands on you. And that means you've got the gift. And so I'm just going to pray for us again to ensure that that, that you're confident that you've got the gifts. Can I invite you to stand and put your hands out? If you're at home watching with us, stand as well, because God's going to release the gift to you as well. Now, I'm sure many of you already know you've got the gift, but as, we, as we're in this moment, I want to encourage you to eagerly desire to pursue even more, that you will grow, that everyone will see your progress as you become more proficient, more accurate, uh, more profound in the things that you're hearing and declaring. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gifts. Thank you for the gifts of Holy Spirit. Thank you that you, you're a good father and that you give good gifts to your children when they ask for gifts. And so thank you that as we earnestly seek you for the gifts of Holy Spirit, especially for the gift of prophecy, that you are good and faithful and that in this moment you pour out that gift, you deposit it into our spirit being, that we might operate in the gift of prophecy, that we might be a strengthening and encouraging and a comforting source of life to the world that we live in. And so we just release the gift of prophecy into the room in Jesus' name, into every heart, into every spirit, receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you can take a seat for just a brief moment. First Thessalonians chapter five nineteen to 20, it says, Do not quench the spirit and do not treat prophecies with contempt. That means we need to not treat them like as if they're not worthy. We need to, we need to treat them with, with value, with honor, with respect. Now, as we see the, the model that Jesus gave us, uh, as we look to, to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. It's the equivalent of, of churches, teaching in their churches, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. What was Jesus doing? He was proclaiming, he was teaching, he was using words, but then he also starts to demonstrate That's what we see Jesus doing when he was walking on the earth. Proclamation and demonstration. We've had six months of proclamation. Now we're going to do some demonstration and some activation. That's what Jesus did. And so if we want to be a church like like, uh, we see in the scriptures, well, then we need to sometimes get off of our seats and do something. So we're going to do something. Yay. Almost there. Almost caught up with six months. Just in case you haven't heard anything I've said yet, that prophecy is a command. We're supposed to eagerly desire it. We're supposed to pursue it. We're supposed to not neglect it. We're supposed to not be uninformed about it. We're supposed to fan it into flame. That the gift is not about you, but it's about the common good. It's about the person on either side of you. If you haven't heard all of these things, then hear this. James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. Do not merrily listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Oh, that's a word right there for our, our Western church, is it not? We love to listen to the word. Do not merrily listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Come on, we want to be a church that does what the scripture says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. There's a blessing for you as you do what the Lord says we should do. And so as we go about prophesying, um, we need to not merely listen to the word, but we need to do what the word says. And, and that's what, what's been happening over the, these last months. John has been releasing a grace into the room, into the atmosphere, for us to receive this gift and to 
operate in this gift. John has been opening up the door for this gift to operate in a profound way. And hopefully you've been getting that, you've been pulling on that, you've been receiving the gift that has been released along with the teaching that we might grow in this gift of prophecy, that we might progress in it. And so we need to do what the Word says. So last practical ground rules before we start getting practical. So our words must strengthen, encourage, and comfort. That's what the Scripture guides us to do. Our words must not, however, speak about a hatch and match or dispatch. That means we may not prophesy that someone's going to find their marriage partner against the rules, that someone's going to have a baby against the rules, that someone's going to die against, against the rules. You may not say those things. These are the guidelines, the rules that we're putting in place. It must strengthen, encourage, comfort. May not be about marriage, about um, a baby, or about death. You all with me? All right. If you break the rules, then you can leave. <laughs> the rules are for safety and protection of the body. Uh, along with what you must not do, we must not give directional words. We'll leave that for profits, so we're not going to touch on that now. So how to deliver the word when you're sharing? Be positive, be brief, be kind, be humble, and be bold. That's how we want to go about sharing a prophetic word. And lastly, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 32 says, The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. What does that mean? That means that you're not out of control. That means that I'm about to give us a whole bunch of instruction, and because the spirit of prophets is subject to the control of prophets, that means that when I say stop, you can stop, because you're going to follow instructions, and that's what the Bible says. All right, because it's going to get it's going to get busy and active right now. So, you've got your Bible. Open up to Psalm 23, and we're going to uh, look at that briefly as we start to to get practical. And so Jesus quoted from the Old Testament 78 times. Some of those times was prophetic, some of it was teaching. Um, and so we see Jesus referring to the Scriptures multiple times. And so using the Scripture is a wonderful and powerful way to give prophetic words. So I'm going to read Psalm 23. Please open it in your Bible because you're going to use Psalm 23 to give a prophetic word in just a few moments' time. Let's read together. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a powerful, beautiful psalm. The Lord's about to use that psalm to prophesy. So keep it open. What we're going to do now is we're all going to stand up. So this is for everyone. Remember, this is a command. We need to be informed. We need to be intentional. We need to pursue it. We need to not just be hearers of the word. We need to be doers of the word. And so that's what we're going to do. It's church, church getting practical. And uh, I want to just encourage us as we're about to start practicing, as John also taught us so clearly, uh, that we need to weigh the words that we get because we're going to make some mistakes. So I encourage you to take out your phone and to have it on uh, record mode as well, that you can record the things that are said over you, that you're then able to go back and revisit and then weigh that word before the Lord um, and to hold it before Him. So otherwise you're going to forget and you're not going to be able to do that. So encourage us to, to, to be intentional uh, and to not treat the prophecy with, with content. All right, so if you look on, on the chairs, if you find a blue spot on one of the chairs in your row, basically let me help you, rows one, row three, row five, row seven are all having blue on the legs. Have a look on the legs and you'll find a blue spot on your chair. If you're at home, have a look, see if you can find a blue spot. <laughs> oh, you don't have a blue spot. Um, all right, so if you've got a blue spot on your thing, you know which, which row you're in. But for now, look at the person next to you. Any side, just in the same row as you. You can choose. Someone next to you, not in front of you, not behind you. 
Look at someone next to you. And now what I'm going to do is you're going to use Psalm 23, and you're going to give them a prophetic word. Okay, I'll show you how to do it, because I can see the, the confusion. So I'm going, to, I'm going to give a word to John quickly, uh, using Psalm 23, where it says, You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. And John, I just sense for you that, that the Lord is anointing your head with oil, that there's revelation that the Lord is going to be giving you as the anointing comes upon you to share and to teach uh, with rich revelation, and that there's going to be an overflow and abundance. And I feel it's a holistic overflow of your cup in terms of practical needs, uh, logistical things, but m- most and first and foremost, it's going to be just the overflow of, of the presence of the Lord, the anointing upon you, that it will overflow and everyone around, that's all of us, we all get to benefit and be blessed by the overflow that the Lord's doing in your life in this season. Amen. All right, did you guys see what I did there? I used the scripture, uh, used a verse that the Lord highlighted me that I felt was for John, and I went ahead and then shared it as an encouraging prophetic word. So pair up with someone next to you, not in front, not in behind, so on your left or on your right, pair up with someone, and I'm going to give each of you 90 seconds to use Psalm 23 to see what the Lord highlights to be the inspiration to give an encouraging word. So just go with the first thought that comes to your mind. Don't overanalyze it. If you're at home, hopefully you've got someone you can do it with. Otherwise, look at someone on your, your contacts and send them a text message with a prophetic word. You've got 90 seconds for the first person to go. Go for it. Thirty seconds for the first person to finish up. All right, and stop. All right, now the other person gets a chance. So if one of you just received, now the other person is going to receive. So you've got 90 seconds to give a prophetic word. Uh, so go for it. You've got 90 seconds for the person that received to now give a word. Thirty seconds. Stop. All right, well done. You guys did amazing. Give yourselves a round of applause.
Did anybody get an encouraging, comforting, or strengthening word? I want to see those hands. Come on, that's a good day right there. Give yourselves another round of applause. You're amazing. All right, now, if you found a blue piece of paper on the leg of your chair in those rows, can I, all of the, those rows, put your hands up. If there's anyone in your row that's got a blue piece of paper on their chair, then that's for you guys. If you've got a row with blue on, then turn around and face the back wall. Everyone that doesn't have blue, you keep facing forward. So if it's your whole row. So if you're in row number three, you need to turn around. If you're in row number five, you need to turn around. Okay, now hopefully you're going to find someone opposite you. So find someone opposite you. If you need to move around to find someone that's opposite you, you can do that. And we're going to use the same thing again. So make sure you've got someone opposite you. Put your hand up if you haven't got someone opposite. And then pair up with someone else that's got their hand opposite. Uh, and this time we're going to use Psalm 23 once again. This time we're going to give you 60 seconds each. So you've got 60 seconds for the people that are facing the sound desk. You guys are going first. You've got 60 seconds. Go for it. Thirty seconds. All right, and stop. And now people facing the stage, it's your chance. You've got 60 seconds of you facing the stage, and go for it. Time starts now. Ten seconds. And stop. All right. You can all face the stage for a moment. Anyone get an encouraging, strengthening word? Come on, look around the room. You guys are amazing. We should do this more often. We need strength and encouragement and comfort. You guys are doing it. You're living it. All right, stay standing. Another way that we can prophesy, so we see using the Scripture is a beautiful way to give prophetic words. In the morning, maybe you read a a chapter and something stands out, and and you take that with you in the day. Maybe you find a work colleague, and you you then use that verse to give them a prophetic word. And so, so use this as a tool that you can apply Monday to Friday, not just Sunday morning once every couple of years. Another way that we, we, we see prophecy happen in the, in the Scriptures is by using names. So Genesis chapter 17, verse 45, let me read. It says, Abram fell face down, and God said to him, he's having an encounter with the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now, we're not going to change anyone's name. But, but what's happening over here is we're seeing a prophetic word being released through a name. So Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of many or, or many nations. And we then know that Abraham becomes the, the father of the faith. And so the Lord is using names 
to speak prophetic destiny and identity. We see this again in the New Testament with, uh, with Simon. Jesus says to Simon, he renames him Peter. He says, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. Uh, it's Matthew chapter 16. Simon means small rock and, uh, or, or pebble and Peter means strong, solid rock. Um, and so we're seeing prophetic words spoken through names. So we can do this in a, a number of ways. Courtney, why don't you come up on stage and we're going to demonstrate this, how, how to do this quickly. So I'm going to give you three ways that you can use someone's name to prophesy over them. So the first way is the meaning of their name. So perhaps you know the meaning of someone's name. Uh, for example, Sarah. My oldest daughter's name is Sarah. Sarah means princess. So if I meet another Sarah, well, it's easy for me to prophesy over them using princess as the, the, the you know, launching pad to give a prophetic word. So if you know the meaning of someone's name, you can use that as a way to give a prophetic word. Um, sometimes you can ask someone, well, what does your name mean? As they tell you what it means, then you can use that to give them a prophetic word. So the meaning of the name is one way you can use a name to prophesy. A second way you can use someone's name is by maybe there's a biblical character or famous character with the same name. So if there's a Simeon and you remember Simeon from the Bible, uh, you can then use something from Simeon from the Scriptures, uh, attributes, character, strength, to then prophesy over Simeon. Uh, maybe it's a, a famous uh, character, actor, sports person. Maybe there's an attribute that they carry well, and the Lord is speaking to you through that famous person that has the same name. So to recap, you can use the meaning of the name, Maybe there's a biblical character or famous character that has the same name. And then a third one, as my favorite one, is sounds like. You introduce yourself as you're going to do now, and the person says, Hey, I'm Mikey, and you, yeah, my key, as in a key to unlock a door. And you then give them a prophetic word about God giving them the keys of the kingdom and that God's going to use them to unlock things and to open up doors or whatever it might be. And so that sounds like. So meaning of the name, uh, a biblical character or famous character, sports personality, whatever it might be, with the same name, using that attribute or quality. And then thirdly, sounds like. So those are three ways you can use someone's name to prophesy over them. And so Courtney's going to demonstrate this. Won't you guys give your hand a hand of applause for Courtney? Good morning, church. Oh, that was loud. <laughs> um, okay, so you stood out to me. I think your name is Evan Smith. Okay, so hi, Evan. Um, I actually was taken by your name, so I heard your name, Smith, and then I was like, oh, I know the Smiths, and then I heard Evan, and I was like, oh, I think I know it's that guy. And then I was taken to the prophetic picture, and I I was first looking at a smith, and a smith works with keys, and I, I felt like the Lord was saying, instead of a baton, I'm giving you keys, and I'm handing you the keys over, and then your name, Evan, I heard even run, or like even, and then it went, and then the Vin, I was like, run, ran, ran, and then it made me think of you running, and I felt like the Lord was saying the the you're running, and, and there's momentum, and you're moving with him, and that he's given you the keys, and I, I see like business over your head, the words. And I, I don't know if you want to start your own business or if you're praying or seeking him and that, but I, I felt like it doesn't matter what those things look like. It matters that you and him have the keys of intimacy and that you and him are doing everything together. And so I just wanted to bless you that you, you seeking him more, all these other things will be added unto you, but seeking him and his kingdom will will give you that ability to move and to walk and to run with him. Um, so that's the key, the key of intimacy as you move and you run, and it's passed down from your family. So I hope that blesses you. It's a good word right there. So... Uh... Yeah, I encourage, as Cordy just did over there, check in with the person once you've shared the word. Hey, does that make sense? Does that sit well with you? Does that resonate well with you? Uh, so we're going to do this as we just uh, demonstrated over there using the name. Courtney used sounds like. And so run, Evan, run. Come on, I'm going to call you that now. Uh, so if you're in, the, in the, the, the blue rows, turn around again, face the, the back wall. And now you need to move over one person to the right so that you're finding a different partner. So move over to the right. If you find yourself in a space where there's no one, uh, if you're at the end, if you're on the left-hand side, you need to loop all the way around. You're going to use names, and I'm going to give you only 60 seconds. So get the person's name. Person facing the back wall, you're going first. 60 seconds, go for it.
10 seconds. And stop. All right, now everyone facing the stage, it's your chance. You got 60 seconds using a name and one of those three ways I showed to prophesy. Go for it. Thirty seconds. And Stop. All right. Anyone receive an encouraging word, comforting, strengthening word? Wow, I'm loving seeing all these hands. Come on. So good. I hope in the family room that you guys are also not just sitting there and being observers, but that you're being doers and engaging. And if you're at home, what you can do, or if you're watching this after, you can use your phone book. And you guys can all do this as well. Wake up in the morning and say, all right, Lord, give me a number between 1 and 50 or 1 and 100. So the Lord gives you number 12. Go on your contacts and find the 12th person on your contact list and get a word for them and go ahead and then send them a text or WhatsApp, whatever. So that's what you can do if you're at home without anyone. And that's what all of you can do um, every day of the week. Another way you can do is you can ask God to give you a birth date. Go onto your Facebook uh, page. If you've got Facebook, search birthdays, find someone with that birthday, and then just go ahead and send them a a direct message with a prophetic, encouraging word. Because we need to operate in this gift because our city needs strength, it needs encouragement, it needs comfort. And where does it live? It lives within you because you are gifted. And the gifting is not for your sake, it's for the common good. All right, stay standing. You can clap and appreciate the Lord as well. So, I mean, there's so many ways we can prophesy. We're just looking at a few of them this morning. So we've looked at using Scripture to prophesy. We've looked at using someone's name to prophesy. A third way we're going we're gonna to use is what do you see? And so we, we read this in the Scriptures as well. In, uh, in Amos chapter 8, verse 1 and 2, this is what the Sovereign Lord showed me, a basket of ripe, fruit, of ripe fruits. What do you see, Amos? He asked. So the Lord's asking, what do you see? We see it again in, uh, in Zechariah chapter 5, verse 2. He asked me, what do you see? Zechariah answers. And so this is using your natural eye. The Lord asks, and, and we see this a few times in the Old Testament as the Lord speaks to his prophets. He says, what do you see? And from what do you see? Then a message from the Lord comes. And so from what do you see? Raymond, why don't you come up and, and join me? We're going to get Raymond to, to, to demonstrate this now. And so through what you see, it could be an item of a person's clothing. Maybe it's their shoes. Maybe it's uh, jewelry. Maybe it's a jacket. Maybe it's the, the logo on their clothing. Whatever it might be, through what you see, the Lord will sometimes speak to you and give a prophetic word in terms of the person's appearance. Or it could be something in the room. Maybe you see something in the room. You, you look up and you're just so drawn to a camera and the Lord speaks to you through the camera or a speaker or a color. Uh, whatever it might be, the Lord speaks in such a a diverse way, uh, such a diverse amount of ways. Um, but what do you see? Uh, that's what we're going to do now. So, Raymond, you ready? Ready. The green. <laughs> I just felt the Lord say that it's a it's, it's a new beginning. It's springtime. I know it's not spring in the natural, but it's time to flourish. I feel like He's going to beautify your life and lighten your life. So yeah, I just bless you with that. Does it make sense? Is it encouraging? <laughs> Good job, Raymond. 
It's a good word for you, Vash. It's a good word. So that's how you're going to do it. Simple but powerful. So, all right. You know how the drill works. Face the back wall, but don't start yet. Those that need to face the back wall, the blue rows, turn around, face the back wall, and move again to the right so you're finding a new partner. If you're on the far extremity, you need to loop around to the other side that hopefully you're finding a new partner. And uh, now everyone facing the back wall, you're going to go first to prophesy, giving you 60 seconds to prophesy through what do you see, and you got 60 seconds. Go for it. Ten seconds. And stop. All right, everyone facing the stage, you've got 60 seconds prophesying over the person through what do you see. Uh, 60 seconds starting now. Go for it. Ten seconds. And stop. Anyone get an encouraging, strengthening, comforting word? Come on. This is just like abundance of encouragement. Can we celebrate the Lord? All right, let's do it one more time. So we know the drill. Again, everyone facing the back wall, move over one more person to the right. So you're finding a new partner. We're going to do this again through what do you see, through their, their clothing or something in the room. And if you're facing the back wall, you've got 60 seconds and your time starts now. Thirty seconds. And stop. Everyone facing stage, you got 60 seconds. Prophesy through what do you see over the person. 60 seconds starting now. Go for it.
And stop. All right, you can all face the stage. Did anyone on that round get an encouraging, strengthening, prophetic word, comforting word? Yay, thank you, Jesus. Come on, this is so good. All right, so what's been happening over the last six months? As I mentioned, John has been opening up this gift for us in a powerful way, not just through, through teaching, but the heavens have opened for us to be able to hear the voice of the Lord in a more profound and clearer way. And that's what you're experiencing right now. And so this is a gift that we're not just going to you know, stop at the end of today, but that we continue to eagerly desire, to pursue, to fan into flame, that we continue to practice, that we will show our progress as we grow more and more accurately and profoundly in this gift of prophecy. Because I think we all know that our city needs strength, it needs encouragement, and it needs comfort. And so this is what we want you guys to do as you go into Connect Group on Wednesday nights. Arrive with a a prophetic word for someone to strengthen, encourage, comfort them. Maybe as you wake up every morning, as you have quiet time, say, Lord, is there someone who you're speaking to through me this morning that you want to strengthen, encourage, comfort? Send them a text, send them a voice note, whatever it might be. Um, But this is something that we need to practice because it's not about us. It's about the common good. And God has given us these powerful tools, these gifts. And let's not be, be ones that neglect them, leaving them like the golf clubs in the garage for years and years. Um, and then we don't know how to use it when, when the time comes and we need to. So why don't you lift your hands as we close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the the profound and powerful gifts that you give us. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit, and especially the gift of prophecy. Lord, we ask that as we've activated this gift, as we've received this gift, that we will continue to operate in the gift, to grow in the gift, to practice and to fan this gift into flame, that we will be agents of change as we release strength, as we release courage, as we release hope and comfort to the the world that we live in. And so, Lord, will you do that through us? May we be your change agents as we use these powerful gifts of Holy Spirit. Lord, as we go from this place, thank you that your presence, your protection is with us. Thank you that you go with us. Thank you that you continue to speak to us and that you continue to speak through us. And so we bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.